Welcome back to the Breaking Butterfly podcast, or if you are new here, welcome. My name is Maddie Maple. I'm a confidence coach, and on this podcast, I talk all things confidence, confidence in yourself, confidence in your relationships, confidence in making money, confidence in your creation, aka manifestation. I'm so excited you're here. Um, and yeah, we usually talk all about confidence, but today it's a little different because I have a guest, which I... And freaking out about I'm freaking out that you guys get to hear from him on my podcast because he is someone that I have looked up to in the coaching industry since I started. I really, really love what he's doing and resonate with with him and everything that he's saying. And it was really, really fun for me to do this interview with him. And yeah, I'm just I'm fucking excited for you guys to to hear it. Of course, I believe, you know, self-love and confidence do kind of go hand in hand, but today is all about just just self-love, just loving yourself, and it's good. It's real good. And I think the best part about this this episode, this interview, and what I'm so, so grateful, grateful for, grateful to Paul for is, you know, the the vulnerability in this episode, the openness, the the things that come out in this episode, I think are, you know, like every episode, like every interview, I think, you know, what comes out in the, in what we're saying is exactly what's supposed to be said. Even Paul at the end will say, you know, you listening to this episode, it's, these words are for you. It's for you. You're listening to this episode for a reason. And I think everything that was said in this interview and came out in this interview was just perfect and exactly what needed to be said. And I, I really, really love it. Um, and yeah, so so get ready for a very vulnerable, open, fun relationship talk or <laughs> conversation talking about relationships, talking about, you know, do you need to love yourself before you get into a relationship, a romantic relationship, um, you know, loving yourself and using social media, showing up authentically, being your authentic self, the the real purpose that you should have in life, which I, I'm really big on, on purpose and finding your purpose, but Paul has a different take on it, which blew my fucking mind and which I really... I always do this. I always start talking about it and instead of just letting you guys listen. So without further ado, here is the episode with Paul Fishman. I hope you guys absolutely love it. Please show him some love on Instagram and his podcast. And um, and yeah, here we go. All right, guys, I am here with Paul Fishman and I am kind of freaking out because I love him and everything he does. Um, I've looked up to him for a while now and I feel so, so grateful to have him on the podcast. Thank you, Paul, for being here. Say hello. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be looked up to or by someone. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, 
I, yeah, I'm so excited. Um, so first off, like any good interview, please introduce yourself to us. I want to hear who are you? Where are you located? What are you passionate about? What work do you do? Anything you feel inspired to share with us to, to just get to know you a little bit better? Absolutely. So as you all know, my name is Paul Fishman. I am a self-love coach and you do you activist. I'm on a mission to empower and inspire humanity to love unconditionally starting from within. And uh, I currently live in San Diego and um, I'm really, it's my, I feel like my biggest gift is that I'm really great at creating safe space um, I feel confident that I am able to ditch judgment and expectation from anyone because that is how, as a leader, I show up. So um, in, on the journey of self-love, it's not finite. Not, we're not going to wake up one day and ultimately love ourselves. It's, a, it's an everyday journey. And with that, I love doing the work that I do, helping individuals find their truth and speak it wholeheartedly because it's every day is different and everyone's self-love journey is different. And that's really important to me. Mm, uh, I love that so much. Thank you so much for that. Um, and I think what stands out for me for um, all of that is like the journey. It's a journey. It's not a destination. And obviously you decided to be a self-love coach probably because you have your, your own personal story and uh, challenges with self-love. Um, so I'm curious, when did you decide to be a coach and was there a moment when you like knew you had to help others on their journey to yeah, self-love? Absolutely. Um, so I'll, I'll start a little bit before what, like where my self-love journey started. Um, I was 25, so 11 years ago, I consciously stepped into a journey of self-love. Um, prior to that, I was a people pleaser. Like if you looked in the dictionary, the definition of people pleaser, there was like a really sad looking drawing of my face next to it. So just I was living Paul. my just Paul. I was living my life for everyone else, every yeah. every single other person. And really when I think about being a people pleaser to me what that means is living your life with the expectation that other people know best for you um, mm -hmm. and that you're you don't matter because I was working a job that I was excited to brag to my parents and friends about but made me really really sad and miserable inside mm -hmm. I was in an emotionally abusive relationship but on paper looked beautiful and amazing. I was like, oh my gosh, you're a power couple. I had all of these things that other people were so excited about, but I wasn't excited about. And mm -hmm. it took me like hitting rock bottom and just saying enough is enough to leave the relationship, leave the job. And so many other things happened along the way. And fast forward to um, seven years ago, I moved from New York City, where I was living, back home to San Diego. And at that moment, 
I was kind of like, I moved back with my parents. I was 29. It was horrible. Like no one wants to live with their parents at that age. And Mm -hmm. even though I guess it's more socially acceptable now. Um, And I got into fitness. I was, uh, I got my personal training certification, nutrition coaching certification. I started teaching spin and Pilates and and got into the best shape of my life, like best shape of my life, even probably was too thin and all the things. And, and, uh, one day I was, I'm getting to the, to the, the story now, like the, that point answering the question. No, I love all of this backstory, all of it. It's also, <laughs> great, great. and it's also important to like hear every little detail of the story in the backstory, because only then can we relate to the people that are on that that point in their timeline because sometimes yeah. we look at people that yeah. love themselves and I remember I did and I was like yeah I'm never gonna get there but I love every detail that's an that's an interesting statement you make because I, a lot of my clients um, come to me and say you know I was I was so terrified to apply to your program Paul because I thought that my self-love journey was going to have to look like yours meaning yeah. move across country back and with your my parents, break up with my partner, you know, quit my job. And the reality is, is that you don't have to do any of that stuff. If your self-love journey looked exactly like mine, um, that'd be a red flag for me. Because at the end of the day, self-love, the definition of self-love is self is the individual and love is devotion. So to love yourself, you have to get devoted to your individuality and you are the only you on this planet. Yes. So saying that your self-love journey has to look like mine or anyone else's is doing a massive disservice to your journey and your life in general. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I talk a lot about this on my podcast and on my Instagram and all that kind of stuff because it's really important to drive home that self-love is the devotion to your individuality, not your friends, your family, your mom, your dads, your bosses, your teachers, is mm-hmm. your individuality. You are the only one. So yeah, that's really important. And I think in this generation more than ever, it's hard to find your own journey because we're constantly looking at other people's journeys. And I know I even do this for myself. I'm like, oh, that's working for them. I'm going to try that. Ooh, this person looks really successful. I'm going to create a post like this. I'm going to wear that style. I'm going to talk to these people because they're successful. Their journey looks pretty nice. So like, I want to make my journey very similar. And yeah, so it sounds like very quickly you find that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And really, you know, to finish up the whole story about my journey. Yeah. I uh, was a personal trainer, as I said, and I was sitting on the floor at 6 a.m. with an early morning client. And she was like, Paul, I don't want to work out today. I just want to sit and talk. And I like, I found that clients were asking me to sit and talk more than actually like kick their ass. So I was like, okay, great. You know, this is, this is awesome. And um, if there are any personal trainers listening, can you relate to that? Like that your clients really just use you as a therapist. Um, So basically we're sitting on the floor and she's, she was dating this guy that she really liked. And she said these words to me, which just like 
was one of those, if you, if my life was a movie, it'd be that moment where everything paused and my entire like life flashed in front of my eyes. She said, Paul, I just need to lose three more pounds. And the guy that I'm dating will finally love me the way I love him. Mm. And so it was at that moment where I was just like, oh my goodness, this is, this is everyone's fitness journey. This is everyone, everyone's life. They're looking to get external validation from someone else. And that is why I was having so such a hard time maintaining any transformation. So many of my clients were having a hard time because they weren't doing it for themselves. They were doing it for the person they were dating or to get the likes on Instagram or to impress their boss or their friends or their family. And this was my aha breakthrough moment. And it was at that moment that I committed to really getting to the bottom of why, because I didn't really put two and two together. I wasn't like, oh, it's because of the lack of self-love or the lack of worthiness within themselves that they can be on a fitness journey for them or they can be look for a new career for them and and start a business for them and it doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be to you know impress others which we've really been conditioned to live our life to impress others and that's like a massive thing that I'm doing my best to dismantle as well yeah and I'm really curious so up until this point like your your aha moment you haven't even put two and two together that it is from self-love um did you ever, it never really like occurred to your mind that like maybe you, you didn't love yourself? Like, I guess what I'm asking is, um, did you feel like up until then your reality just was like, yeah, this is life. I'm supposed to live for others. That's just how life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there was also this piece of like, you know, we go to school college, university, and then you go into the workforce and, and just mm-hmm. work, 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 work to buy things and experiences and impress people. And I don't think that we left a lot of time, or mm-hmm. at least I left a lot of time to even witness my sadness or witness my lack of worthiness. I didn't understand why I would get triggered by something and have to go and buy a new pair of shoes. Like Mm -hmm. literally like had to do it to feel better. Like that was my coping mechanism. You know, there are so many different ways that people cope. But for me, it was like buying a fancy pair of designer shoes that I couldn't really afford. And uh, I mean, I looked great doing it, but on the inside still, I was just like, wow, this void is not being filled. Mm -hmm. There might be that like little dopamine rush when I, give them my credit card over to the salesperson and get the shoes. And, and then I'm like, Oh, I feel great walking home. And then the shoes sit in the corner of my closet and I never actually wear them. <laughs> relatable. I'm like yeah. raising my hand. You're like relatable, relatable, relatable. Yeah. Yes. And then you go and return the shoes and you get the dopamine rush for getting the money back. And anyway, so it's like this big cycle that um, I wasn't able to witness. And I really think that on this journey that we're all going through that is 2020 that I believe that the pandemic and everything that's happening right now was a, was a collective slowdown. You know, right now, so many people come to me. They're just like, I don't know what's wrong, but ever since I stopped having to go to work and like can work from home, I need, I, I don't know. I'm not happy. And I'm like, well, 
the, the, the cold hard truth is that you weren't ever happy, but now you have the space to witness your unhappiness. That is so interesting that you say that. So, cause I actually haven't even heard that perspective of like just being so go, 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 do, do, do that you didn't even notice it was the lack of self-love. It was almost, yeah, just these, these cycles, this void you're trying to fill. Um, and I 100% agree that this whole pandemic, um, not in an insensitive way, like I, you know, it's still very serious, but I do think it was kind of like meant to happen, not meant to happen for anyone's ill will, but this world needed to slow down and create that space for people to realize that. But I think it's so interesting that you say that because my story is completely different in the way of, I always knew it was lack of self-love. I was witnessing it, but I couldn't get out of it. I was just like, yeah, I I always knew I had no, no self-love. And I I felt like, so when you, when you started to realize that it was lack of self-love that was causing all of these things, did you feel like it was kind of like impossible for you to love yourself? Like you just didn't even know where to start? Yes. And the reality is, is that we live in the era of Amazon Prime and technology. So here I am wanting to go into Amazon and order self-love to be delivered in under uh, 60 minutes. And it just was not happening, Um, literally and figuratively, you know, whether it's I'm ordering just a useless thing, Mm -hmm. because that's my cycle, or actually saying, well, I can have all of these other things real quick. Why Mm -hmm. do I have to put work into something? And I mean, a perfect analogy, especially for someone who, who was in the fitness industry for so long is, you know, once you get the six pack or you reach the goal weight, you don't just stop working out and going back to the way it was. You got to continue working at it. You got to continue working at feeling good. And like I said, at the beginning of this, self-love isn't finite. You're not going to wake up one day and love yourself and never have to work at it again. It's some of the hardest work that you'll ever do. And it's also the most rewarding work because Mm -hmm. here's the thing that people forget about self-love. I personally believe that self-love is the foundation of any transformation. If you're not doing it for you, that transformation is not going to feel as good as it can. It's not going to stick. It's going to be a lot harder. And there's probably going to be resentment that comes up. Oh my gosh, I'm losing weight because my husband told me I had to, or he's, he doesn't, he's not going to find me attractive anymore. I hate him. Right? Like, so it's like, yes, that is definitely a piece of a lot of people's stories. Um, and I know I keep on talking about the weight loss because it's just like a, a journey that I've been on and a lot of my clients are, but this can be applied to anything. Like I have to go make more money because someone said so, or mm-hmm. I have to eat a different way because someone said so, or I have to vote a certain way because someone said so, right? So it's just like this in itself is not self-love. So the reality is, is that when we love ourselves every single day and say, you know what? I am taking full responsibility of my life. And like, if you have kind of been like passively listening to this, like now's the time to listen up because the, the listen second, up, people. listen up, the second <laughs> you take full responsibility for your life is the second you will be liberated from so many mm-hmm. feelings of sadness, sadness, helplessness, you know, that your, your lack of control. Mm-hmm. 
and 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 that's it and that's really what self-love is it's taking full responsibility for your life and your journey and knowing that yes there are other people in your community in your life that may impact your journey however you get to decide how you react to that you get to decide what you do about that you get to decide the impact that it truly has on your life and not to just throw a blanket over everyone's experience. Mm -hmm. But I've helped over a thousand people on the self-love journey and impact thousands every day on my Instagram and my podcast. So Mm -hmm. I know this to be true because it's everyone can relate to that story of, oh, well, it's just easier to blame someone else or something outside of myself than actually take full responsibility. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that blame comes from shame. Like when we experience shame about something, We want to blame something for that shame. And we don't want to be the ones that are being blamed for our shame. That that would be no fun. Like how, how annoying is it to wake up and look in the mirror and be like, oh, I'm the only one who actually can be responsible for the way I look, the way I feel, the way I act in this body. Mm-hmm. It's so annoying that there's no one else to blame, but there's liberation in that because when you're not blaming other people, what you get to do is you get to take that finger you're pointing out at everyone else and you get to turn it back at yourself. Mm-hmm. And you get to say, I am in complete control because we're the only, the only things that we can control are ourselves. And that's where a lot of people get into trouble because we try and control all these things that we can't control and it just ends up crashing and burning. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. 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 You get to take your power back. You get full control and get to take your power back. No one has power over your feelings. And I think one thing that, you know, I had to learn the hard way, but once I did, it it changed everything is that no one can actually make me feel a certain way. I just feel a certain way. Certain things can trigger me or I can perceive things certain way, how you're saying, you know, there's going to be different people, different roadblocks, different things that come up on our journey. Also to mention, you know, embody that belief of everything's happening for you, not to you. Everything's happening for you. Um, But yeah, things will pop up and it's, you can't say, oh, this person made me hate myself. This person made me feel this way. This person made me angry. This is why I couldn't do this. This is why I can do that. It's, it's realizing all those feelings are there and that uh, we do have control of every single thing we feel based on how we perceive. Um, you spoke it way more beautifully, but yeah, the, everything you just said is, is a lesson. I feel like I had to learn the hard way because it does feel like, you know, just blaming yourself would be hard but it is more, more liberating and, and worth it. Um, and I'm really curious to uh, ask you this. Um, also, I love that you're speaking about the, the fitness journey and the weight loss journey, because I think that'll really resonate with my audience of, you know, we're all young women growing up in 2020 on the age of Instagram. I had Instagram since I was like fucking eight years old not healthy. <laughs> His face is like, imagine. oh Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Like I, I like, <laughs> don't like Instagram. I want to get off of it again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I have a hard time with it. My girls know I'm really big about habits on 
social media. Like I mute everyone. So I can't actually see people's stuff on my feed. And I try and use a lot of healthy habits around it. Cause I do like to share my voice there, but I agree. It's a very difficult platform to be on. And, but yeah, what I'm trying to say is I love that you keep sharing that. Cause we have a lot of body image wounds that we are trying to heal. And yeah, these thoughts of if I just looked a little bit more like this, my waist was a little more like this. I would love myself and other people would love me more. Um, sorry, totally off topic, but I wanted to ask you the question of what's the difference between self-love and self-care? Cause I think a lot of people start their self-love journey and they start doing the self-care and it gets nowhere. Can you speak uh, on that? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting because this is like, a, a real issue in the social media digital age is that we confuse the two and we think that self-care is self-love and you'll see like massive influencer counts being like self-love i just did a workout and i'm just like okay so that's great so proud of you like yay we moved our body mm-hmm. so the first thing to understand is that self-love is a mental an emotional act. Mm-hmm. Self-care is a physical act. Anything it's, it's, that's the easiest way that I can explain it. Now, yeah. the, the issue that people run into, even when they understand this is that they don't practice self-love while they are doing the self-care. And that is when self-care can become self-destructive because imagine or if, if you're listening to this, like think of the last time you did something that was truly self-care, like took a bath or worked out or got your nails done or your hair done or went out on shopping and bought yourself a new handbag or shoes or whatever you, you bought for yourself. What was going through your brain during those, that time? Were you stressed out about the money you were spending? Were you shooting all over yourself that you should be doing something more productive instead of taking care of yourself? Were you coming down hard on yourself about these feelings that you aren't worthy of the self-care? Because if you were doing that, then the self-care is just canceled out. It's, it's not, yes, maybe your nails will look great, but you you felt like crap while you were doing it because you were telling yourself while you're scrolling through Instagram, oh my gosh, you know, I just wish I had more followers on Instagram. My life would be better. I wish that I had 10K. So I had the swipe up. Well, take it from me. The swipe up doesn't do shit. Okay. So it's just like people actually have to swipe up and want to leave, you know? So the reality is, is that if you get to a place where you are able to go and do the self-care and at the same time celebrate the fact that you have the the means to pay for the thing or you have the that you've created the time in your schedule to take the bath or you mm-hmm. have a workout routine that feels good for you and that your body can actually move the way it does like this is when self-care is amazing when you partner with this partner with the self-love and that's the missing piece of the self-care journey. It's like, oh, we run around hashtag self-love, self-care. And really, do you feel good during it? And that's that's the question. Like, are you celebrating? Do you feel worthy of it? And, and that's a journey in itself. I help a lot of my clients 
move through that story. I, I have a, a great transformation journey of one of my clients who she was all about the self-care. She was on a, a fitness journey. I feel like we're just talking about fitness all, all day here, which is totally it's, cool. It's uh, good. It's good it's that perfect. that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she was on a fitness journey. She'd already lost around 50 pounds when she started working with me. Wow. And she came to me and she was like, Paul, I should be happy. I had a massive weight loss transformation. I just got an amazing new job with an, an uh, awesome salary increase. I f- like, I should be happy. Is it crazy that I want to be happy? Is it wrong that I want to be happy? Like, I'm just not happy. Mm-hmm. And when we started working together, there was this cycle that she was going through. And the cycle looked like working out so that she could go to the Sunday brunch with her friends and her family so that she could go work out. And it was like this cycle, you know, I'm working out so I can be social. I'm, I'm working out so that I will look better in the clothes to be social. And she had lost her true why, which was just to feel better in her body. So when we witnessed that, and really like on the journey of working with someone like myself, it's just a lot of questions, you know, let's, let's ask questions, journaling prompts, guided meditations, you name it, really. Um, I'm kind of at this point where I really enjoy just working with clients one-on-one. It's like this reverse journey. Normally that's where you start, but that's where I've just like landed because I did a lot of group coaching and I love that one-on-one support with people. And within that journey, what my client witnessed in herself was that she wasn't allowing herself to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And we had this breakthrough on our first call. So within the first seven days of her journey, her, she was out to dinner with some friends and they were like, Hey, Hey girl, um, you look, you look different. Like you're glowing is is there something you need to tell us? And she was like, what do you mean? I don't think so. And they're like, are you sure? Like, we know you've been like seeing that guy. And she, and she was just like, wait, what are you asking me? And they're like, are you pregnant? Like they asked her if she was pregnant because she was glowing. <laughs> and she was just like, no, but um, thanks for checking in. And, and she was like, I don't know what it is. And then it turns out that she was like, oh, I started working with the self-love coach. I'm starting to love myself. And that was just seven days in. So if you want people to start thinking that you're pregnant because you're glowing so much, I'm your boy. Yes. Yes. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that, that transformation and the amazing work that you do. I, I want you to share even more about the self-love diet and the work you do and like a shameless self promo at the end too, because it's, it's so, so important. I'm so grateful that you shared that. And, um, you said so many good points and I had so many things to like uh, uh, ask you like about all of that. Um, the first one was, I love that you said self-care without self-love is destructive or self-destructive. It turns self-destructive. Um, just as, I, as you were saying that, I'm like, yeah, I feel like because people think it's going to ch- like change them into being someone else. A lot of the times they're doing those things to try and, you know, maybe it'll make me become this different person, someone that I will love. And um, yeah, I really love that everything that you shared on that. Um, and, and yeah, this, this fitness journey and reaching achievements 
thinking that it's going to give us a bonus gift. I talk about it like a bonus gift, you know, like those infomercials when they like sell you something and then they're like, and if you buy now, you know, you get this free product for just $19.99 shipping and handling. People think that the promotion or losing 50 pounds or getting this or getting that is going to give them this like bonus gift of like, ta-da, now you love yourself. And, and realizing that there is no bonus gift can be like world shattering. You work so hard for this thing and you think you're going to get love or validation or whatever the fuck and you never get it. And you're like, where's my free gift? I thought the free gift was supposed to come. So, um, so what do you, what would you say if someone was wanting to create a transformation like that, they want to glow. Um, obviously they would have to work with you personally, but do you have like a step-by-step process? I think I remember you with your name, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Paul strategy. Yeah. Paul Let's talk about the Paul strategy. So um, the Paul strategy is a four part strategy that you can use really when you are hit with um, feelings of fear, guilt, shame, um, you're struggling through something. Really, it's 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 a um, one size fits all strategy that really gets you into your body. So uh, it's an acronym. So it's four parts. So the first uh, letter is P, and that stands for present. So mm-hmm. you you get present with what's going on, just like we've been talking about this this entire podcast. You know, slowing down was the had the impact where I moved from New York City to San Diego. And it took me a good six months. Like I felt like I I would just like hit a wall because New York is like, go, 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 go. And then when I slowed down and got present with what was going on, I realized that I had just been silencing myself. So if we can think of this in the guise of like, uh, you had a, a tough day at work and you're really, really spiraling about something your boss did or said to you. So P, we get present. Okay whatever happened made me really uncomfortable. I'm really present with that. It didn't make me feel good. I'm angry about that. Great, turn the volume up, turn the volume up on those feelings, get present with what's going on in your body. The next step, A, accountable. Hold yourself accountable for those feelings. They are yours. Your boss didn't give them to you. They are no one else's but yours. So hold yourself accountable for those feelings because with that self-accountability comes the ability to self-soothe, to self-heal and move through and hopefully learn for the next time. The next step, you, unconditional acceptance. As Maddie so beautifully said, life is happening for us, not to us. So ultimately, if you are willing to unconditionally accept that you are going through this for a reason, I'll get super vulnerable here. Uh, I just did a a launch um, last week for my self-love diet program. It did not go well. And that was the third time that I had done a launch in the style that I did this and it didn't go well. And it's the cycle of me making saving up a bunch of money to put into the Facebook ads and the, the copywriter and the web design and the, the video production, pour, putting all of my money into it. And then, uh, and then it not going the way that I was planning. And then I'm sitting here and I'm just like, well, now I have to hustle. You know, now I have to, now I have to get a bunch of one-on-one clients so I can pay my bills. Like this is the journey of an entrepreneur that no one really talks about because it doesn't feel good to a admit 
failure, even though I don't personally believe it's failure, I believe that it's a learning opportunity. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, that's a tough pill to swallow because like, yes, on paper, it's like one person signed up. We had a goal of 50 people to sign up, you know, like what went wrong? Why is this happening? Right? This is a big question that all of my clients come to me. Paul, I don't know why this is happening in my life. I don't know why I do this. I don't know why. And I'm like, okay, well, um, let's, let's step outside of the why and focus on how it would feel once it's solved. Mm-hmm. And this is when you can unconditionally accept that everything is happening for you and you get to learn and grow. You get to be a better version of yourself. You get to do everything in your power to learn. And then the final step of the puzzle is L, love. Just pour some love all over what you're going through because we have to love ourselves through the darkness to get to the light. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been kind of dark over here at Self Love Headquarters because our third launch in a row didn't go as planned. You know, trying to do that one-to-many approach instead of, um, instead of having to get on a bunch of sales calls because that's energetically very exhausting for me because it's really pain. The reason why is because it's really hard to see someone so ready to do the work and then say no. And mm-hmm. I know that it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with them. It's still really hard because, you know, I know that this work changes lives. I, because of all the work that I've done for myself and all the work I've done for my clients, it's just really challenging to be that close and connected to it. Uh, however, at the, at the same token, it's really challenging to, you know, have a big launch plan and it not go the way mm-hmm. that you were hoping. So when you take, so just to recap, because I know it's very verbose uh, <laughs> explaining it, you get present with yourself and how you're feeling. You hold yourself accountable for those feelings. You unconditionally accept that you are exactly where you are meant to be and life is happening for you, not to you. And then you wrap yourself in a big warm blanket of love because we have to love ourselves through the hard times to be able to be present for the good times. And also just that warm feeling of love can really help even if it's just self-love. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that and being so vulnerable. And I know some of my girls are, you know, becoming small business owners, becoming entrepreneurs. Uh, Something I'm very adamant about is promoting that and saying, yes, work for yourself, work for yourself. But these girls, they need someone vulnerable to share what it's actually like. (laughs) It's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's very intense. I relate to you so much on that. And I appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing your, your story and what's going on in your life. And, um, yeah, unconditionally accept, just, just accept once you stop resisting, there's no more suffering. There's no more suffering. It just is what it is. We will suffer for as long as we are willing to suffer. It's all on you, boo. It's on you. All on you, boo. Listen to Paul. <laughs> if you don't listen to me, listen to Paul. Just kidding. Um, but one of my favorite quotes too that I say over and over again to myself and my clients is, there is no such thing as failure, only feedback. Always. Mm-hmm. No such thing as failure. It is impossible to fail unless you create it to be a failure. Only feedback. Um, and I also think all, all of those things, you know, launches that don't go as well. I feel you on the, like, I will have someone I want to work with. And they're just like, no, I'm like, what the fuck do you mean? And it's, 
it's the universe showing us more clarity, new steps, you know, maybe this wasn't for you, switch this, try this, um, you know, helping you get a clearer vision on what you prefer, what you don't prefer, and what feels good to you um, on a manifestation level as well. It's those desires and preferences and learning for yourself. So I love that. Um, oh, there's, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> so many questions. I'm ready. So, okay. I am really big into authenticity. I think authenticity is the most important thing. You've been talking about it pretty much this whole time, right? Self-love is the devotion to your individuality. So you as an individual being authentic pretty much, right? So, and you just did a bunch of authenticity work in a masterclass and stuff. So I, what does it mean to you to be authentic and have you always been the most authentic you? And what did it change for you? Because it's yeah. in this day and age, it is so hard to be authentic and even find who your individuality even is. It's so true. So with a lot of my definitions for words, I love to actually go to the dictionary and take a look and see. And authenticity just means like factually based, like true, like trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And, and if you are living in your authenticity, you are, you feel true, you feel aligned, you feel like, you know, what you're doing, because it's exactly what you're meant to do. Yeah. Um, I just led a four part masterclass called the own your authenticity masterclass that was focused around the Paul strategy, we did a deep dive into each uh, piece of the puzzle every day in this masterclass and and something that came up and a lot of people are so stuck on searching for their purpose i have to find my purpose in life i have to find my purpose and i really want to challenge anyone who's on the journey to find their purpose and once they find their purpose life is going to be easy and fun and all that stuff what if i told you that your purpose is just to be you mm. What if I told you that? What would you say? Oh, most people are just like, well, fuck. I've been trying to avoid being myself while searching for my purpose because I felt like I had to have so much more. And this is where a lot of people run into issues and where a lot of our self-hatred comes from because we're so busy finding an external purpose, something like a job that's going to make us exactly who we are. Something that I ask my clients when they come through my doors is I say, if you were the last person on the planet, you were the last person on the planet, you had no one to introduce yourself to. You had no, because when we introduce ourselves, we were like, hi, my name is Paul. I'm a self-love coach. You know, I'm married. I have a puppy. I live in San Diego. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do I know anything about this Paul Fishman person yet? Do I know anything about him? No. no, I just know the things that he does. I don't know who he is. So, yeah. Yeah. So I challenge my clients and, and really this is a question that's really challenging to answer and please don't ask me for my answer because I don't have it yet. It's more of like a, a just like, oh, wow, that's, that's a question. If, <laughs> if you were the last person on this planet, what would you do? You know, how would you look in the mirror and, and how would you introduce yourself to yourself 
Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten as far as, you know, my name is Paul Fishman. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a soul in a human body on a journey. It's period. So, <laughs> it's so funny you bring this up because I, I'm so mean. I'm such a mean coach. I'm not. But every single, the first call I do with my clients, I always say, who are you? And they're always like, what do you mean? Like, I'm a woman. I'm, I'm this. I'm like, who are you? They're like, do you mean like who I am at like personality wise? What do I do? What do I do for a living? I'm like, I don't know. Who the fuck are you? And it's, it's one of those questions too, where it's like, I don't, I don't exactly want an answer, but it almost expands your mind to like, yeah, like who the fuck am I? Because we introduce ourselves. We do the two truths and a lie and we make up these things about us. You know, are we, we, go to our first like day of school and they're like, everyone stand up and say like a fun fact about you to introduce yourself. And we create these like, these comments, these things about us, these traits, these perceptions, but it's not really us. You can't really know anybody. Um, oh, I love that. I, I really admire your, your authenticity and your, I know you're saying you're, you hate Instagram, but your authenticity and your courage on Instagram is inspiring to me, um, especially the way you show off just your life and being vulnerable, first of all, and your body and just fucking showing up and being confident and like badass. How? Because so my girls, right? We, we love the Instagram, but we don't, I don't think we show up authentically. I know I don't all the time. I know that a lot of people struggle too. Um, firstly, you know, having family on Instagram, uh, having old people from our past. We don't want them to see the new us. It's hard for us to like sh truly just show us and be confident on social media. How did you find that for yourself? Um, it, you know, it came with time and it came with like an IDGAF mentality. It came with a, uh, as much as I don't, as, as much as I don't like the way social media makes me feel, I do understand it and how to use it. And really, you know, when I show my body, it's just, it's liberating for me because mm. I spend so much of my life and, and still there are days like hating my body, hating it because I didn't look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. I, <laughs> you know, my brother had a six pack since I swear he was born and over and I'm over here like I'm eating lettuce every single day and I can't even look like you. What's going on? You know, like yeah. There was so, there's so much conditioning in our lives to feel wrong about having any type of body that isn't photoshopped and sexy and whatever it might be. Right. Yeah. And what I found is by posting photos of my body and having conversations about how I feel and how I felt, it's a real connection. Mm. And it's, and like, the way that you and anyone gets to be successful on Instagram is we're creating connection with people. You know, it's, it's, I think that the days of like taking a picture of yourself in a cute outfit and just posting like, you know, 
outfit of the day, look of the day, those days are over, you know, granted people are successful at that. And there's a reason people follow those. Uh, and, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this because, um, actually I was looking at Cardi B's Instagram and I love how vulnerable and authentic she is. Like, I don't think she could be anywhere else. And she was totally coming down on her audience for giving her shit for talking about politics when, and they're just like, but when they just want to see her new Birkin bag, you know, yeah. she's like, why do the posts with me posing with a Birkin bag um, do so much better than me saying, go out and vote. And yeah. this is a conditioning that our entire society, almost our entire humanity has been fallen prey to this mm -hmm. idea that consumerism and capitalism are the things that are going to bring happiness. And this is at the core of my mission to, to dismantle that because I was exactly that same way. And I have 60 pairs of shoes that do not like are, are nowhere near the amount of happiness I get from showing up authentically. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like people don't want to look at my authenticity or your authenticity or vulnerability because it triggers them, it triggers them. So it's easier to numb out on the, the shoes and the, you know, the TikTok dances and scroll, 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 double tap all, all the filters and the wishing I look this way than to look at a man who is hairy and has a bigger body saying, hey, I'm standing here, look at me, you know, let's oh, talk I about- I fucking love it what makes you uncomfortable about my body you know like um uh, about two months ago or almost three months ago i was censored by instagram um i put a i was at a nude beach and i took a picture that i was clearly nude but you couldn't see anything you could see like a little bit of my butt i love it and i'm like uh well thanks it was taken down um because it violated instagram's terms of community or whatever mm -hmm. and this was a real breaking point for me and, and the first part of like three different things that happened that I felt like the universe was like, you got to get off of social media for a second, Paul, in that second yeah. two months. But um, I sat to myself and I said, okay, you know, we're going through the Paul strategy, getting present. This does not feel good. Accountable. Okay. I was the one who posted the photo. What can I learn from this unconditional acceptance? How is, what is, this is happening for me. What is that reason? Loving myself through it because it was like I just didn't want to feel that like mm -hmm. it was that photo was the best performing photo I'd ever have in the shortest amount of time like the most amount of shares saves the most like I was opening up a free challenge the next day and had like 70 people join the wait list for it all from this one photo and then it was taken down and it's like so I'm like okay I was censored by Instagram but I asked myself Paul how are you censoring yourself how are you not showing up? Like, how are you not being the most authentic version of yourself through this? Mm -hmm. And, the, and the answer that came to me was, you know, yes, I posted this picture. I was like, I love my body. It's great. But it's like, do I always feel that way? No. And mm -hmm. do I always love my body? Absolutely not. I don't think anyone always loves their body. Nor their, and that's the thing that I was pretending to be something that I wasn't mm. and and really like uh, I mean you're you're really pushing me to want to like talk about 
my failed launch on Instagram. And I also like want anyone who's listening to me like, oh, I'm just going to post a naked picture of my body and say, I used to hate my body. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. I want you to witness in yourself, like, what's your why for posting that? What do you want to get out of that? Because that's the thing, you know, a lot of like the, I posted a photo yesterday just for fun. Like I did, I didn't care how many likes it got. But there's times where as with a strategy, we go and we post something and we say like, okay, this is because I want someone to sign up for my email list or this is, I, so I want someone to sign up for my program. And we get to be very conscious and strategic. We get to be in our masculine when we're showing up with the feminine vulnerability. Because yeah. there's, a, there, there's a, a beautiful dance that we can do. And, and the reality is, is like, you have to be very conscious of your energy and your why behind every single post you make. Because mm. if you're just posting to post, people pick up on that shit. It's like the most frustrating thing. I'm like, you are not an elevated soul, but you can tell that I posted that just because I want to have a thirst trap photo and you didn't yeah. like it. That's rude. Or you could tell that I pushed the boundaries a little bit with my story. So you didn't like it. You didn't share it. It didn't do well. That's rude. You know, like, mm -hmm. And it's no, the only thing that's a person you're being rude to is yourself by like, once again, craving external validation to make you feel better. And that's where social media just irks me because I don't know, I've not yet found a way to get around feeling let down when a photo that I put a lot of effort into doesn't do well. Like I'm just really connected to that still. And, and and I don't have the answers. I just get to be gentle with myself. Yeah. I muted a lot of the people I follow too, because it's, it's hard out there. It's so hard out there because Instagram is basically a highlight reel. So mm -hmm. I have a lot of like, a lot of my coach friends are having like six, seven figure launches. I'm looking over here and I'm just like, what? You're teaching the exact same thing as me. What did I do wrong? Yeah. When in reality, like, it, our journeys have nothing to do with each other. Oh, that's so interesting. You just brought that up and I am feeling this vulnerability right now. I think there's a reason that we were getting vulnerable and talking about this shit. This morning I woke up and I looked at every single, every single other person and looked at myself and was like, damn, what? Like, what am I doing wrong? I'm not where I want to be. This person has this many followers. This person has this many podcast listens. This person has this. This person has that. And I spiraled. And this is why I try to fucking meditate or do yoga or something before I pick up my phone. But yeah, this morning I picked up my phone and I started comparing. And I just went down this, this spiral, this spiral of, you know, I should be somebody else. I should be different. And the one thing that brought me back, the one thought, I'll usually start journaling and trying to like choose thoughts that'll make me feel better, just better feeling thoughts. The one thought that brought me back was my journey's different. My journey's different. Everyone's journey is different. Their journey is that their business blew up in a year and they're making millions of dollars. Amazing. Yes. That's not my journey. Maybe mine will be three years. Maybe mine will be five years. Maybe mine will be tomorrow. I don't know. But every journey is so different. Um, and, uh, and I love that. And, and one thing that I wanted to mention too about, you know, people following the perfect people. When you're talking about Cardi B and talking about 
you know, we like to follow these aesthetic accounts and these perfect accounts and um, the highlight reels, the people that post the highlight reels. And we are attracted to the highlight reel type photos, not the authentic photos. And it's when you're talking about triggering, right? It's because people want familiarity. They don't want to have to deal with their problems. They want something that they they're going to go on social media. They know what they're going to get. It's not going to make them think about themselves. It's going to help them have a sort of control over this world. Like, oh yes, I know exactly what I'm going to see on social media today. It's familiar. I'm going to see this funny photo. I'm going to see Cardi B with her Birkin bag. And then when, you know, someone's authentic and truthful, it does trigger us because, you know, maybe we're not being that way and we wish we were or what, whatever. Um, but yeah, wow. When you said that, I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. That was such a good point. Um, mm. I, I want to change gears for my last question, last like two questions away from social media. And I want to dive into relationships for just a moment. So my, my podcast listens every single podcast episode that says boys or relationships gets like double the amount of listens. So I'm like, okay, girls, I hear you. I know what you want. You are struggling with boys. You're struggling with relationships. You're struggling with your partner. And I believe that any problem in our relationship stems from our confidence or our self love really. Um, so my question for you is, do you believe that you can't love someone else until you love yourself? As in like, do you think it's essential to love yourself? Really? I know you, you know, it's a journey and of course you're not going to love yourself completely every single day, but do you think in, in general, you need to love yourself before you get into a romantic relationship? Yes. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Uh, so here's the thing. When mm -hmm. it comes to relationship, a lot of people look for their knight in shining armor, their princess, their, their twin flame, whatever you want to call it. That person yeah. who's going to fix their life. And we've actually, I mean, this is a whole other podcast and I don't really know a lot about it yet. I'm learn, I've been pushed to learn a lot about it, but we are in a society where codependency is normalized. And this idea that like a relationship can't be two individuals. It's just like, you know, it's like the, um, the, the, Benifer, you know, Brad, um, Ben and Jen, yeah. and like, they, they put the two names together and one like entity. you're one entity. Yeah. And, and like <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Coke, but I'll take an Olipop vintage cola because we don't drink Coke around here. We don't drink Coke around here. Oh, I'm doing um, Whole30 and I haven't had Coke in a minute and I'm like, ah. <laughs> um, well, so essentially you cannot love yourself unless you love somebody else, unless you, I mean, you can't love somebody yeah. unless you love yourself because the, the reality is, is that love works both ways. And if you don't love yourself enough to know how to love you, how the heck are you going to communicate it to someone? And if you're not able to communicate or you even know what makes you happy in a relationship, there's no way the relationship's going to work. You know, yeah. you'll get through the honeymoon phase and then 
you'll, it'll be like three, five, six months in whenever it wears off. And you're just like, is this what, is this, is this happiness? Is this what I'm supposed, am I, oh, I have no idea. And I went through this cycle a lot um, when I was younger and dating because I would, so I'm gay, but before I came out, I dated women because people pleaser was trying to just like fit into the norm, be, be quote unquote normal and have that life. And, and what happened was I was dating this girl and I'm with her and I'm just like, I'm not happy. Like I said this to her, I was just like, okay, I'm not happy. I don't, I don't know why, but this does not feel happy. Uh, and she said, Paul, if you don't believe that this is happiness, you will never be happy because this is happiness. And I was young and dumb and, and you know, inexperienced and believed her for so long. I was like, oh, okay, misery is happiness. And this is another bit of the conditioning. We're conditioned to believe that working hard and, and working 40 hour weeks so that you can have the weekend is like what happiness is or having two weeks off vacation is what happiness is. We, and that like having all of the, having the family and the kids and all the stuff is what happiness is. And it's not true. Mm. It's not true. It's like your happiness is what you want it to be, period. You get to define mm. it. And I also like on, on a note about the word happiness, like I think that the word happiness is, is not really the best word to use. And really the universe doesn't want you to be happy. The universe wants you to be fulfilled. And fulfillment doesn't look like happiness all the time. Fulfillment looks like the ability to witness what's going on in your body, the ability to create boundaries, the ability to know that you might not be where you are now, but you're working towards it. And you're not going to give up on your dreams because they're hard or scary or unknown. So when it comes to relationship, it's so important to know yourself so that you can be in a relationship with someone and show up the way that you want to show up. Because if you don't know yourself, then the other person is going to be able to know you. And then you're going to get angry and resentful and be like, you should know what I want. When mm -hmm. inside you're screaming, I don't know what I want because mm -hmm. I don't know who I am. Because I was hoping you would tell me, partner, mm -hmm. friend of mine. And it's, it just never works out. But we hope it does and we keep hoping yeah. it does and we yeah. stay and we stay and we stay and You know some girls might be thinking no, no, no My partner is helping me love myself is helping me find myself You cannot find yourself within somebody else because when two people are together. It is a it is a entity you create yourself with that person yeah. It doesn't it doesn't work and then you do get the the codependency um, and all that which is yeah, something that I've personally struggled with. And I know, yeah, a lot of people in this day and age struggle with the codependency. Um, so what would you tell a girl that has no idea who she is, does not love herself? She's in this relationship trying to, oh, also on the topic of happiness, I completely agree with happiness not being the right word, because if we're always attached to happiness, we'll always be let down. It's the fulfillment, it's the inner peace, it's the knowing that you're right where you need to be type of thing. And yeah, I really, really love that. But what would you tell the girl that, yeah, is in a relationship, 
trying to find herself within that relationship, just does not love herself at all, has no idea who the fuck she is. This was me. And, you know, her and her boyfriend break up and then she's at square one. She's like, Mm -hmm. couldn't even tell you who I, who I am. Mm -hmm. Devastated. Where would I start on my self-love journey? Well, the first step is to get off of Tinder. We don't need to be on Hinge. We're not like, don't go out on another date to fill that void. Wait, 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 wait. Girls, listen. Are you listening? (laughs) Get off of the dating apps. Are you there? Okay, keep going. (laughs) Yeah, so first step is to release that you are going to find yourself in someone else. You won't. You will never find yourself in someone else, period. And end of story. Period so, dot. Be, period dot. <laughs> because here's, here, here's the, the reality when it comes to relationship and dating. And I, I really like, if you are at that rock bottom point where you were just broken up with, you were in a, a fight about who knows what that didn't actually matter. And, you know, the reality is girlfriend that you are better off without him. You are better off without him, especially at this part of your journey. So I want you to get out a piece of paper mm-hmm. and I want you to write down all of the things that you, if you were like on the other side, like you would swipe right on about yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like get like you say you matched with yourself you're reading through your profile, what are the things that would make you want to swipe right? And if the only thing that you're relying on is like your filtered selfie and the fact that like you love going to brunch and rosé and everything, there's such a place for that. Like I love brunch. I love rosé. Like I will drink rosé year round. My husband wants to murder me every time I want to order rosé. He's just like, Paul, it's freezing. We're having something that doesn't go with rosé. I'm just like, I just love it. It's just so... It's such an aesthetic. I love it. Literally me, but on like the trashiest (laughs) side of that of with white claws. I want my white claws. Well, can we upgrade to like Ashlands or something? You know, at least. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Oh, well, it's it's a it's a San Diego based company. I think that they're up in LA. Um and it's it's uh anyway. Anyway, anyway, so this is now, now a podcast about alcohol. Um, (laughs) So the first step is like, what would you swipe right up about on yourself? Mm -hmm. What may, what, what do you know to be true about yourself? And why do why do does some, why does someone else deserve to date you? Why are you so amazing? And, and then, um, you know, it's just, the first real step before any of the stuff is just witnessing that you don't know who you are saying those, like looking in the mirror and being like, I don't know who I am. And I get to figure that out. Not I have to, or I want to, or I need to figure that out. I get to figure that out because it is a privilege to figure that out and to have that realization. And the words have and need and should and want, those are all full of shame. They all have timelines connected to them. Yeah. Living in the present moment, we get to. We, yeah. I get to be single right now to understand who I am so that I can communicate to my future partner. Yeah. And, you know, I, I went through this so much. I went through this so much and actually um, feel really blessed to have met my husband when I did. Uh, I was not anywhere 
near loving myself when I met him. Uh, and it just turned out that he was on the same journey that I was on to love himself, that we could go on it together. Mm -hmm. And we did, a, we did a bunch of like couples counseling, like early on in our relationship, just because we saw how beautiful our life can and will be together that we're like, we're committed to doing this. So we did that work together and he's very supportive. Uh, I also just a little manifestation hack. If yeah. you are at a place where you are ready to call that person in and, and this is not for you. If you were just like triggered by me saying, get off of the dating apps. This is for you. If like you've been listening to this and you're like, okay, I've done some of that work. Or this is for you. If you're, you're working with Maddie or you're thinking, or you, you're, you're going to work with me or whatever. Yeah. Write down every non-negotiable thing that you want in a partner. Like get super specific. I, seven days before I met my husband on OkCupid, I know I'm dating myself because does anyone even use OkCupid anymore? It's like, a, it was like Tinder was just coming out like seven years ago. So this was like, OkCupid was all of the rage for a free dating app. I wrote out 58 non-negotiable things <laughs> that I wanted in a, in a partner. Yes, like you know what things. you want. Well, I knew what I didn't want. So I basically wrote the opposite of all the things that I didn't want. Because I didn't want any of the things that my past partners had that I didn't like. And sometimes that's all we know. You know, like a lot of times you'll be like, what's for dinner? And yeah. it's like, what do you want? Well, I don't know. Well, what don't you want? Oh, I've got a long list of things I don't want. So just, you know, reverse it. You know, if you, if that's, that's some, something easy that you can do. So 58 things and fast forward four years later when we were getting married, I found the journal that I wrote all of those 58 things in. And I kid you not, my husband is every single one of those things. Oh my God. Every single one. Yeah. Oh, and you guys have been together for seven years. Yes. Married for three next month. Congratulations, Thank first you. of all. Also, I've, I have another really good friend. Exact same thing happened to her. Wrote down every single thing, manifested it, looked back at her list and was like, holy shit, holy shit. And a lot of my clients or a lot of girls that I talk to, they're always like, what if I don't know what I want? What do I, what if I don't know? I don't really know. You, you're saying it's suspicious specific but I don't know how to get specific what don't you want so good so good so yeah. I just have like a, a little add-on when it comes to these using these three words I don't know I want to challenge anyone who uses those words replace the words with I'm scared to admit that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what you want because when like when you're in <laughs> I mean, it's just like the, the classic like fight that we've been conditioned by the media to witness men and women go through on the daily. You know, like, what do you want from me? I don't know what I want. Okay, well, actually what you do want, you're, what you really say is, I'm actually really scared that I don't want you to fix it all the time. I just want you to listen. I don't want you to be my hero. I want to be equals. I want to go out and I want to make money. I don't want to have to be supported by you. I don't yeah. have to rely on you. Like, these are all things, but it's easier to just say, I don't know what I want. Because when you say that, you don't have to hurt the other person. And this is you falling, in, falling into self-sabotage, people-pleasing, and all of that. Yes, I fucking love that you just said that. Um, 
Yeah. If you, if you say you don't know, one of my coaches that mentored me to be a coach, she always said to ask, you know, if someone says, I don't know, well, if you did know, what would the answer be? And they always come up with something. They always know, right? So yeah. um, I always thought that was so funny. And I love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared to admit, but this is actually it. Be honest with yourself. Be accountable with yourself. Uh, the, the other thing that I always tell people to replace I don't know with is I'm in the process of figuring it out. So, you know, if, if you really don't know, like you really don't know, what is it telling the universe? If you just say, I don't know. I don't know. It's telling the universe, like, you just don't know and you don't really want to find out. It's so concrete. And so like, you just don't know. But if you open it up and say, you know, I'm not sure right now, but I'm figuring it out. It creates space. It manifests space for, for you to know. So I love, I love that so much. (sighs) Okay. So this is so good. Um, last two questions or last question. And then I want to give you space to, to share a little bit about you and your programs and stuff like that. Um, but what's, what's one last thing that you would say to my audience or what's one piece of advice you would give to yourself in your deepest, darkest time? If you could talk to him right now. Mm. Something that's really supportive for me is you are safe and you are taken care of. Uh, You know, I, the outcome of my launch has been really trying for my household. And every morning my husband and I wake up, we look at each other, stare into each other's eyes and say, we are safe. We are taken care of. We are safe. We are taken care of. And it's like, it's like rent is due in a couple days. It's like, how is Paul going to pay us half of the rent? Who knows? But it's always happens, you know? And, and, and so it's just like the gentle reminder that you are safe and you are taken care of. This is happening for you. Breathe through it. Slow down a little bit more. Stop trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. it's happening for you and to answer the first part of the question what would I say to someone who's listening to this what's what's something that I'd love to say mm-hmm. is that you're listening to this for a reason this it, these words are specifically for you mm-hmm. for you yes you the one listening to this don't look around I'm talking to you <laughs> these are specifically for you it's up to you what to do with these words, but they are spoken for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so good. And uh, it's, it can be hard. The, the first part of what you said, it can be hard to see that sometimes that you are safe and that you are taken care of. I know if you're listening, I know the doubts come in and you're like, no, I'm not safe. I'm not taking care of. Yeah. How am I going to pay my bills? No, this breakup is the end of my world. You know, this traumatic thing, this, this, you've, I know it can be hard to believe that sometimes, but I second what Paul is saying of like, you are taken care of. And I think, especially when you're being true to yourself, if you just stay true to you, the world takes care of you. The universe takes care of you 100%. But Mm -hmm. I know even my faith on that can waver sometimes. It's true. Mm -hmm. It's It's hard. 
Yeah. It's very cute about you and your husband. We are safe. <laughs> We're taken care of. Fucking love that. Oof. Um, amazing. I think that's, that's all my questions. This has been amazing. And I would love for you to just take a moment and share anything exciting coming up. So yeah, this is your shameless self promo. Um, he has a podcast called, called the road to self-love, which is so cute. I'm, I almost just went on a rampage, but you share about that and what it actually is. Cause it's such, the, it's the cutest idea ever. Um, yeah. Share about your podcast, uh, Instagram, please programs coming up, masterclasses, anything. Yeah. So uh, my podcast, as Maddie said, is called the road to self-love. Uh, Miss Corona has put a little bit of a damper on the original concept. However, for most of the entire first season, I had my guests join me in the car we drove around literally and figuratively on the road to self-love. Okay. Uh, I love it because it guaranteed that I was in person. I feel like in-person podcasting is so powerful and potent. I love it so much. So uh, it, it had me driving to LA and beyond a lot and also avoiding a lot of things because I was like, no, got to go to LA, got to interview all these people. And, and, um, and so when COVID hit, I did a lot of Zoom um, interviews and it, they're the, my audience isn't as connected to this. We have to be in the car as I am. So mm. I'm doing my best to release it, but I just love it so much. Uh, I so love yeah. it so much. That concept kills me. Seriously. So cute. Yeah. So it's been fun and, um, we're in season two right now and a lot more solo casts and, um, just me talking about things that are on my heart. And uh, so that's one thing. Um, if you are interested in working with me right now, I am accepting applications for one-on-one -on -one support. Um, as I re reconsider what my group is going to look like, but right now I'm being feeling really fulfilled working with people one-on-one. -on -one. So if you feel like you just want to have that support, you can go to my website, paulfishman.love and um, and uh, there is a application or it's uh, in the link in my, my Instagram bio, which is at Paul Fishman. So it's my first name, Paul, last name, fish, like the things that swim in the sea, man, <laughs> like me. Uh, I also have a free quiz. If you're like, I don't know where to start with my self-love journey, paulfishman.love forward slash quiz. And it's five questions and I will give you the exact self-love routine that will start you on your journey that will work specifically for you. So wow. those are, I, those are the be best things to do. I didn't even know you had that quiz. That is amazing. Yeah. Yes. And I will link all of these in the show notes. You can go to his Instagram and you guys are tech savvy. You can find it as well, but I'm going to try and put his site, his Instagram, his podcast, all the good stuff. So you guys can find him and learn more from him. Um, and last thing I want to say is just self-love really is the foundation to all things, to anything, to any transformation, to your fitness, to your relationship, to your career. You know, as you've heard Paul talk about his, his story and his clients and everything, it's, it all goes back down to self-love. You have to have that foundation. So I feel very grateful to um, have had Paul share his wisdom and his words with you guys because it's to me I think that's how the world is going to change like even on a political level 
you know, and this world will change when we are authentic and when we have self-love truly. So very grateful for you sharing this with my audience. Thank you so much. All right, guys, it's just me again. Um, yeah. Wow. I feel so, so grateful to have had Paul on the podcast. I hope you guys fucking love that. Like I said at the beginning, please show him some love. Follow him on his Instagram. He's doing amazing things, has amazing content. And yeah, self-love really is the foundation of, of all things. And um. I'm, I'm so grateful you guys got to learn about self-love from him. So, of course, please share this on your Instagram story and don't just tag me, tag Paul as well. Tell us your favorite part of the episode, share this with your friends, with your family, um, and, and yeah, I hope you guys have an incredible week this week. I love you guys so much and I will catch you in my next episode. Bye. 